I thought, oh, this is a nice place to end. Bang. No, it's not. Hello, you are on the terrace. This is the companion podcast to Night Terrace, which is the time travel comedy for your ears. I'm Vaya. I'm a night terrine. I consume episodes and bake them into myself like a pate. <laughs> and I also eat a lot of Neighbours episodes, uh, which is Night Terrace adjacent, thanks to, you know, Jackie Woodburn, who's at the centre of both. And in this episode, we are putting the finale of Series 2 under the microscope. That's Home Again, written by John Richards. I have the series co-creator, Ben McKenzie here, and he is the voice of Eddie Jones. Hi, Ben. Hello. Sorry, I just thought I'd do the Eddie voice. I don't get to do it very much anymore. And yeah, we do because he doesn't often introduce himself to people. No, like he, he well, doesn't just pop around going hello. He's not. In, he's not in charge of the introductions. <laughs> he's following around. What an episode! I when I first heard it, thought I'd missed one, and thought, <sighs> "Hey, whoa, hey, where are we? What's going on?" Okay, Be- good. That was that was that was the feeling we wanted <laughs> because we open in some kind of reality where there's multiple Anastasias. In the previous episode, there was a big bang, a literal big bang. Huge bang. Thank you, David. And now Anastasia's living her best life in some kind of utopian paradise and everything she wants she can get, And but there's some familiar faces around her, but she can't really get back to Eddie and Sue, but then they are manifesting in the form of a radio and she has to work out how to get out of this reality. Mm. How did you all decide the series was going to end this way, the current series? This episode was was John Richard's idea. He kind of knew this is where he wanted the season to go. There's this idea we, we introduced the other houses and we're like, well, we want there to be a consequence for introducing the other houses. And then that led to the idea of, you know, them all coming together and this dreamscape. And this is a classic trope of science fiction, you know, but we tried to subvert it a bit. I did have some concerns. I remember when we were in the writing room that it might seem a bit too similar to the end of season one where they go to that alternate universe that August Knight is trapped in with her house. But this is it. that's kind of on purpose as well. Like it is a bit of a callback. But the story is very different. The situation is different. Um, the emotional beats of it are very, very different in this. And it does feel like a good conclusion for this whole thread that's been going through the season of Anastasia remembering that she really just wanted to chill out and yeah. do nothing for a while and really confronting, is that really what she wants? I don't know. I've been thinking it might be nice to settle down somewhere for, for a while. You love travelling. I do. But, uh, I mean, we have to stop somewhere, don't we? And so she finally gets it here. She has, yeah. she has, she wakes up every day. She does what she wants. She's a baker. What's she baking? Some bizarre, oh, over involved yeah, concoction. The, the, John just looked up the weirdest, most, I think he actually Googled something along the lines of what is the most complicated cake to make. And look, none of us had ever heard of it. Certainly Jackie had not heard of it. Oh, it's nothing. Just a simple 20 layer. Oh. I want to say bum kuchen. <laughs> I'm going bum kuchen. Bam, I bet you are. Bum kuchen. Bum kuchen? Yeah, that sounds fine. Okay. But I take it's a replica of the night of the 1562 sculpture St. Bartholomew flayed by Marco... Oh, I, where do you find these names? <laughs> w- Wikipedia. <laughs> well, that's precious and comforting to know that you think Jackie Woodburn would know everything. But no, she doesn't know everything. No, no. Wikipedia does. 
Anastasia's connection to her friends is through a radio. We have Sue Broadcasting and we have a song playing on a loop yes. that Eddie and Sue both sing on Yeah, I Had a Dream. Oh. What so, a bop. This was so much fun. Now, this is an existing song. So, a lot of people don't know this. John and David, they are songwriters. They have written and produced music. Um, it's they- incredible. So, you had the laundry that you had come to wash your clothes. But you couldn't find your one pound coins and all the shops had clothes. Whenever they talk about the this song, like occasionally... I think it's this one or it's one of their other ones that gets played occasionally on some radio station somewhere in Europe and what happens is they get sent Sorry, like, that's huge. No, it happens, but like not very often, but then they get sent like a, a royalty check for it for like, you know, five cents or something. And it just reminds me of Billy Connolly in one of his early albums talking about how he got royalties for his early um, band, The Humble Bums. And, they, and it would be like, home sales, 33, abroad sales, one. <laughs> I had a dream that you were in love with me last night. I had a dream that you were in love with me last night. But yeah, it was an existing song and they decided to repurpose it because we wanted there to be this song in the episode that was the only way Eddie could communicate, really. I have mixed feelings about the fact that it's me singing it. I, I mean, I am, a, I am a singer, but Petra Elliott is a professional singer. And I think if you listen to the song, it is immediately evident that the reason that I sound any good on this is because of her backing vocals. I had a dream that we were Amish girls, worried what our folks might think, spending all our time together and making love and quotes. I had a dream. I had a dream. Dream that I was Spencer Tracy and that you were Catherine Hepburn. We were on the set of Star Trek wearing pointy ears. I had a dream. I had a dream. I had a dream that you were in love with me last night. You know, nobody composed that. She just got in there and listened to the song a few times and said, okay, just track me a few times. I've got an I she just did it. Amazing. Like, she's a genius. Hi, this is Petra Elliott, and I'm reporting from Off the Terrace. I remember jumping in the booth at David's studio, and David's really, really patient whenever I do any sort of formal vocals. He also recorded my Marry Happy song, and I like to harmonise and layer up, and he just lets it go. Um, So, yeah, for recording, I had a dream. I didn't really know what I was going to sing. I just knew I was doing backing vocals, and we were aiming for a certain style, and I just, you know... The mic was on red and I was allowed to just play, which is fun. And so is what you went in with what you had planned or is it different to what It's you pretty similar. To? Like the um the, there's kind of two versions of the original, one of which is is reasonably similar to this. It's got a similar beat, sort of a bit, you know, dancey. Uh, and then there's a bit sort of a more laid back version of the song. So you at the news agents, you were reading Mary to buy my Sunday sport and then you were not there So you're drinking herbal tea in an overpriced cafe Wish I could have found the nerve to come right up and say I had a dream I had a dream I had a dream that you were in love with me Can we listen to these on... On streaming services? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. We might, maybe we'll release them on the Splendid Chaps banner. Who knows? If there's demand, if you want to hear them, listeners, you let us know. 
Uh, we did release the version from the episode Great. to backers uh, on Kickstarter. We haven't released it publicly anywhere yet, but maybe we will. If you really want to hear it, let us know. Maybe it'd be good to set as your alarm tone if you, <laughs> to remind you to wake up and you had to go do something more important. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Anastasia is waking up, days dawning. It's a perfect day in paradise. There's familiar faces in this Yeah, she's not reality. the only one there, is she? I'm horrified to learn she's woken up with Darren, the real estate agent, <laughs> mainly because I've known Lawrence Long for nearly 20 years and yeah. it was just like, what? You're not with Susan Kennedy? <laughs> it is weird. I mean, it, it's like a, it's, it's sort of like a weird parallel universe of Australian television because it's like Dr. Elvis and Susan Kennedy uh, getting it on. You worry too much. I do. I do. How could anything be wrong in paradise? Now put that coffee down. And I'll show you just how good paradise can be. Oh, Darren. <laughs> it's a strange thing to ask someone, can you make some, like, ooh, some sexy noises? <laughs> Particularly because one of the recurring themes in the audio studio on the second season was a direction from John Richards or Petra. I think Petra started it of, yeah, can you do it again, but slightly less sexy, please? <laughs> Which we said a lot. Well, you know that this is pretty. This is pretty tame compared to what Susan and Carl get up to on. Oh, neighbors. are you going to mention the blue box? I won't mention the blue box, but they do get pretty kinky. It's, I still find it hilarious that it's called the blue box because that is a consistent alternate name for the TARDIS in Doctor Who. Oh. When people do, when they go to times and places where they don't know what a police box is, they always just refer to it as the blue box. Well, I've seen the blue box on camera, and it's not the same hue of blue, so oh, you're goodness. safe. It's not ruined. Yeah, wow. Well. But it is very small box. I don't know how they fit all the kinky toys and costumes that we've seen over the years <laughs> the in paraphernalia. it. They must have a rotation, a toy, like a toy rotation system for kids. We also have Horatio Gray, even though we know he's meant to be dead because they sent him back to kickstart the universe yeah. again. And August Knight, the inventor of the Night Terrace house situation. Yes. And she had met her end too, but mm. now she's back. Yeah. Why do you think Anastasia's kind of brought them back? Well, I don't think she has necessarily. Okay. She's not entirely in control of the situation. We don't explicitly say whether they really exist or what kind of form that they're in. But the the idea is that Horatio's house going so far back in time stretches the link between all the houses so much that they all get pulled together right. and smash into each other and create this alternate reality of course okay. where they're multiplied an infinite number of times and and it's shaped a bit by anastasia's designs but clearly not just hers because i don't think she would imagine herself with darren no but then again not every anastasia is with every darren a couple of the darrens are together anastasia what are you doing darren and i were asleep you are darren no the other darren oh did you finally get together that's lovely and so there are four houses in total, is that right? Or that we know of at well, this point? Well, yeah, and this, this it's interesting you should bring that up because listening to it again, I realise that this episode implies there are only four night terraces yeah. or at least there's only four that vanished into space and time with people inside them because they yeah. mentioned that the, the, those four are there because it seems like only one person gets to come with the houses to this new reality and it's whoever lived in them the longest. So August had one, Horatio had one, Darren had one, and of course, Anastasia. Yeah, that's right. There's a little line that says... But we all forgot what Sue said about the way the houses travel. They're tethered to the real world, sure, but that means they're also tethered to each other. They're a set, after all. 
So Horatio travelled further back than any of us have been before, and when the tether reached its maximum stretch, all the houses... They were pulled back toward each other. Why did they forget, do you think? Con- convenience? Well, I think they just didn't think about what that meant. It's less that they forgot that she said it, and it's more that they didn't take it into consideration ah. what it might mean if one of the houses travelled so far away in time that it's pulled on that tether strong enough that it also has pulled on the other houses and pulled them all along with it and they've all sort of smashed into each other in this weird other dimensional space. Yeah, it's. I, I love that conceptual... Science fiction is great because you have to use metaphors because you're making stuff up that doesn't <laughs> actually make sense. But if you use a metaphor that makes sense, then it all makes sense. Great. And so there's the metaphor of the rubber band being stretched too far. Now, back to reality, what was it like recording the separate Anastasia tracks of her speaking to herself? That was that was fun. I think we did get someone to speak in for her. And it was nice to, you know, give Jackie that sort of do a few things. But I think also a lot of it was just all right, give us, give us some variations on, like when they're all talking in unison at the end, I think we, we just got her to do, can you just like, give us five variations on that line and, and then Davis double track them, but you don't want them all to be exactly the same because they're not actually all the same person. Stop! Put down the incendiary device! Looks like you're in two minds, Anastasia. But we have to leave! Stop, Stop her! Looks like you're your own worst enemy. Keep away from me! Kill her! And what do you think is making Anastasia crack and start to say that this is a dream world? Is it really just Eddie and Sue are really are getting through to her? Yeah, I think so. But also one of the things that we talked about with this episode is we didn't want it to just be, I hate this reality and I don't want it to be, I don't want to stay here. Like there had to be real stakes of her really seriously maybe considering staying. Yeah. Which is why we had to seed the idea of her remembering, you know, I'm supposed to be retired. And she talks at the end of the episode about how this is, you know, she's been through these stages of her journey, which is first of all, I was really cranky. I just didn't want to be here. And then I was like, well, I guess it's kind of like a holiday, uh, but I have to work. And now she's like, but actually I really enjoy working. Originally, I wanted a quiet retirement. You did mention that once or twice. Then I was going to spend my retirement travelling like a grey nomad. And now... Yes... I'm coming out of retirement. I've decided to start a new job. Which is? I'm going to travel through time and space, fixing things, making things better, like a... Like a cosmic plumber. Yes, like a plumber. I said earlier in the season of the podcast that she's sort of already there. She enjoys doing it without the red tape. And that is true. But at the same time, she's like, but also now I'm doing work and I'm not getting paid. But now she's like, oh, but actually I can really throw myself into it. And if I let that go of that idea of a quiet retirement, it's probably not what I really wanted anyway. It's tricky, the term work, because historically it's been, you know, the nine to five, daily grind, making Mm. a living. In this day and age now we have the gig economy, we have people working for themselves, creating, content creating online. Yeah, what work looks like is very different now. Yeah, and it's a lot of it is wrapped up in passion projects and people are – trying to have fun while they work and a lot of people who, you know, make podcasts, make YouTube videos, take photos on Instagram, whatever it is, a lot of people that are in that field will say, well, I'll just do this forever. Like I, you know, podcast and I can't ever see myself not podcasting. And mm. you just sort of think what? where's the point where you it's, – it's not like previous generations where you go, I work till my retirement age and then I stop and then I either travel or I yeah. relax or I spend time with family. Yeah, well, what are I mean, we going to do? And that's, you know, it comes from a couple of places. I mean, one of them is what's going to fund that retirement? Because for mm. a lot of us in the gig economy or we work as artists, like 
we don't make any super. Yeah. We don't we don't make enough money to put lots of savings away. But also, you know, it's drummed into us from the, the capitalist bent of society. If you're not doing something and making something and being productive, then you don't have any worth. So the idea of retirement has been, you know, drummed out of us as a desirable thing. It's like, why would you want to sit around doing nothing? A lot of us have taken that on board. And also your impact on the world doesn't stop because you turn 65 or whatever it is, no. you know, you, you still want to make a contribution and a connection and an impact. Yeah. And yeah, there, this is Anastasia working out what the next stage is for her. Yeah. And it's interesting you bring that up because it kind of, that's a thread for the production of Night Terrace itself. I mean, the whole reason that we wanted to crowdfund it is that we didn't want to do a show without paying people. Mm-hmm. And the reason that we didn't produce it as a podcast um, which in 2014, there wasn't a lot of audio drama podcast. I mean, I, there were plenty, but there wasn't a lot of big ones. It wasn't a huge genre the way it has become over the last few years. Um, but we, you know, we, we didn't want to do that because yeah. we wanted to make something and hopefully find an audience who thought it was worth paying for, who realized that a lot of time and effort and work goes into it. I mean, and look, I'll be honest that the kind of money that we make crowdfunding it is not commensurate with the amount of effort we put in. It is still a passion project. Mm. We would like to get paid more, but it's difficult in a landscape now where there's so much free content out there to convince people to buy stuff. It is respectable, the model you guys have chosen. And we were at a podcast conference recently and you were in the minority in that your content is behind a paywall for Night Terrace. And there were a lot of shows there that create fiction for free and they have advertising models in other ways. And there were a lot of people that were interested in your way of doing things. But also I've noticed you lot don't often plug the fact that people can buy the back catalogue of Night Terrace in well, terms of at the forefront of the content. Well, no, because, I mean, you don't want that, right? I mean, yeah. one of the reasons why you sell it is so you don't have to listen to advertising yeah. while you listen to it. And <laughs> the last thing you want is for every episode of Night Terrace when you've purchased it to yeah. start with. And if you've not listened to the rest of Night Terrace, yeah. you can buy it, at blah, blah, blah. And when it's broadcast on the BBC, we can't have that kind of commentary. Exactly. It's not allowed by BBC um, guidelines and there's not really any commercial radio stations that are going to buy it that would allow for that yeah. so it's it is a tricky space to be in and, and navigating that and figuring out what to do next is a is, is a big question you yeah. know and it's one that obviously we're asking ourselves now as we come to the end of season two being broadcast on the bbc and we're on the cusp of making season three which we're going to do in the same model but we are asking ourselves you know what's next and we you know, without, I don't want to give anything away, but we have got plans for, for future stuff that we'd like to do. And it won't always be the same model as Night Terrace. But I think if you want to do something big that is season-based, that has an ongoing storyline, a regular cast and guest actors, well, you need a budget for mm. that. And um, if you don't have a production company that has other revenue streams, you just really can't do it without getting people to pay for it. Yeah. I mean, hey, if there's anybody out there listening to this podcast who has a production company who wants to pay us to make something like Night Terrace, get in touch. We'll do it. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's not it's not a cheap enterprise. Money does talk. It does. So Anastasia realises that there's something not quite right here and she the immediate action she takes is she smashes up the radio. That's a fun little series of sounds. Oh, yeah. <laughs> shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Stupid radio. And even though she sort of thinks, but everything's happy, everything's great, I'm fine, everything's good. She has that whole moment where she's like, I've thought about this and actually this is fine. Like, why do I need to leave? Yeah, roll credits. Like, I I can try whatever I want and I do it. Yeah. How great is that? And it's the moment where you think she's going to go, 
no, I'm not going to do it. And this was again, like, you know, when I was saying earlier, I was talking to John about this and he wanted to subvert the standard conventions of this kind of story. Mm. So we really wanted to sell that Anastasia had decided to stay there, uh, which is why we have that fake credits coming in. Oh, it gets me. It got me going. Did did it get you? I was like, what? Hey, what? I grabbed my device and tried to check the time code. (laughs) Good, good, good. Um, Thought- yeah, it's hard to do. It's hard to trick people with that sort of thing. You know, it's like it's like trying to have a hidden track on an album ever since CDs existed, and you could see the track listing on the device you're playing it on. What a strange pocket of technological history, the secret track. And if you liked the secret track, how hard was it to listen to it a bunch of times in a row? Really hard. It's like, oh, I've got to rewind, hold down the rewind button for forty seconds to get to the bit I want. Yeah, life was hard. It was. <laughs> Eddie's voice breaks through in this montage. And I, that's, I think, what ultimately speaks to Anastasia and pulls her out of this stasis. Mm. And she hears Eddie and he can't feel anything. He's in this sort of limbo. It's not unpleasant. It's just not anything in particular. You know how sometimes on a summer evening you get that moment where the temperature is exactly the same as your own body and it feels like you no longer have any boundaries? It's like that. Or Geelong. He doesn't have pain. He doesn't have anything. And then you say it's like Geelong, which is a very local reference (laughs) here in Victoria and Australia. And slightly mean. Geelong's actually quite a nice place. It's got got highlights and lowlights. Yeah, but it is sort of, you know, it's far enough away. So for the listeners who don't know, Geelong is a smaller city about an hour outside of Melbourne, around the other side of the bay. Uh, in Victoria. Some neighbours characters sometimes head out there. Yeah. Um, recently when Madeline West's character came back as D, as Andrea, Andrea had a flat in Geelong. <laughs> <laughs> and often growing up on road trips, you'd go out to the country. I had relatives in the Otways and we would always drive through Geelong. Geelong is often a place you drive through <laughs> to get to your ultimate destination, which is where it is. Yeah, yeah. So while Eddie's speaking to Anastasia, he's able to convey what happened with the te- the houses being tethered and mm. colliding and everyone's sort of pulled back. Because he's like become a consciousness somewhere outside space and time, yeah. presumably the same as Sue, but connected to this reality enough that they can communicate through the medium of, of mm. sound, so through the radio. and So Anastasia has this epiphany that – she can't go on where none of this is actually real. She gets over the PA system and announces to everyone that she can't stay in this moment and has this amazing monologue about loss and pain and failure. But you can't stay in the moment forever. Why not? Because life isn't about perfection. It's not about keeping everything safe and locked off. The same day after day, it's about loss and pain and failure. But it doesn't have to be. Yes, it does. Because it's those things that we learn from that let us grow, that lead to real relationships and real friendships. Oh, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a good one. It's a good, it's oh. a reaffirming piece of dialogue. John is brilliant at writing these very funny episodes that nonetheless have these real moments of emotional connection and, and pathos and just, oh, I mean, like some of the stuff he had me saying in this episode even, uh, where Eddie's talking about how this just, you know, he's outside this existence, there's nothing good and there's there's nothing, you know, there's nothing bad happening to him, but also there's just nothing good, there's just nothing. And I, and I you know, that was, wow, as an actor, I was, I was like channeling my experience of depression yeah. there. I'm like, that's what it's like, you know? It's not always just being sad all the time. Sometimes it's just nothing. 
and trying to crack through that little piece of hope and get it through for yourself in the midst of despair or bleakness or yeah. just nothingness is a real challenge and sometimes it comes in the smallest things. I had a friend a while back who was going through hard times and she used to tweet uh, hashtag reasons to live. I'm sure you can go find the hashtag and every week everyone would just post even the tiniest reasons to live or it could be big mm. things. It could be your kids or your career or a beautiful sunset or whatever it is, or it could just be you got a new pen that you like or you you cooked a fancy cake. <laughs> yeah. Um, and sometimes it is sometimes, – sometimes it can be tiny things in the darkness that get you going again. Yeah. Yeah, and I really – like, look, Jackie nailed that stuff too. And it's that kind of speech which is, again, you know, it's, it is a trope of the genre – but I feel like we did something a little bit different with it. and I, and But even so, you know, it only works if the person performing it can really make it feel like it matters, that it's important and that they really believe it. And Jackie really just gives her all in that bit, I thought. And can you talk to me about August's great moment in this episode where she ha- she take, where she gives Anastasia this dressing down about how all of your problems are your fault? You didn't have the life you wanted because of the department. You didn't have the retirement you wanted because of me. You blame Eddie. You blame Sue. Well, maybe it's been you all along, Anastasia. Maybe it's you. This is an episode of consequences for Anastasia. You know, there's the consequence of not thinking about what would happen when Horatio is sent back in time. There's the consequence of how she's treated Eddie and the rift that their relationship has had, which she doesn't really get the chance to repair before this happens. Um, there's the consequence of her living this life and leaving Eddie and Sue in this void where who knows, you know, they might be trapped there forever. And she doesn't listen to Sue, whose whose attitude towards this is very direct, to say, no, come on, wake up. Like, she's not subtle about it. Yeah. Like, she literally tells Anastasia to wake up at the start of every day. Sue's been the pragmatic one all along. <laughs> um, and Eddie, Eddie's a bit more like, look, you, you do what you want. Like, I'm all right. Like, it's not... It's not awful here. It's also not great, but it's not awful. Um, you can stay here forever if you want. This is what's happened. And she's like, well, I kind of want to stay here, but I don't know if I should. And then Augustus like, just make up your mind. Like, don't tell us it's our fault. We didn't do this. Yeah. And uh, have, just, have agency. Make a choice. Yeah, yeah. And and that's hard. Like, you know, sometimes you it is hard to make decisions. Particularly in the modern world. I mean, this is something that's addressed so well by The Good Place, you know, because one of the conceits of The Good Place is that there's this secret point system where where you go in the afterlife is decided by all of your actions in life, which are all assigned a certain number of points that are good or bad, positive or negative, and, and you have to get a certain number to get into The Good Place. And they start to talk about in the later seasons the fact that that system is very tricky in a world where there's so many consequences of the decisions you make, there's so many things you have to consider, the world's very complicated, it's hard making decisions and sometimes you just don't want to make a decision. You just want to mm. I just want to sit here and just have, relax. And you can get overwhelmed, obviously. I forgot what the term is. Uh, well, in board games we call it analysis paralysis. Oh. Where you have too many choices on your turn and you have to think about too many things in order yeah. to decide what you want to do. And also in the, in the activist sphere when you get Compassion fatigue, I think oh, it yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. So if you care about too many causes, you're spread too thin and you can't make any impact. Yeah. And of course, you, you know, you can care about multiple things at once, yes. but you can't put all of your energy and time into too many. Because then the it gets time. depleted. Yeah. So Anastasia makes a choice and blows it all up. Yeah. With like a 
Molotov cocktail. <laughs> she just gets one, fancy, fashions one, MacGyver I, style. I enjoy that because it's like a retroactive Good Place reference because Jason in the, in the Good Place is always solving things with a Molotov cocktail, which I, <laughs> which I quite like. And we get our trio reunited on this quote-unquote bridge. Eddie does describe it as a psychedelic light tunnel. <laughs> and so I always imagine it as a bit like Bifrost, the rainbow bridge from Norse mythology and particularly the, the realisation of that in the Marvel Thor films. Now, Anastasia decides, this is my new career. I've got my new job. Eddie sums it up as a cosmic plumber. She's going to get around <laughs> the world and other worlds solving problems. I'd forgotten that line. And it's so, oh, man, you just, you're so sure he's going to say, yeah, like, you know, like a doctor. <laughs> it's like, no. <laughs> plumber. And she calls him her helper. Yeah. She invites him to be her helper, which the word helper was just precious. There's something really endearing about that. Not like companion where you're just there alongside. No, you're going to assist. You're going to help. Yeah. And I think it's establishing a new dynamic. And I'm really enjoying thinking about where that's going to go in season three. Particularly when it comes to old mate Sue, who thinks everything's back on track, wakes up. In the department mm. with the bombshell. You're where you've always been. I was in the house. A second ago, I was on night terrace. Where am I? Oh, Susan, you're at the department. You've always been at the department. You never left. Devastating. I thought, oh, this is a nice place to end. Bang. No, it's not. <laughs> what What a cliffhanger. Because this whole time I'm like, oh, that's nice. You're all going to work on Series 3. I wonder why they would need to. I'm sure they wrapped up everything nicely at the end of Series 2. No. <laughs> no, definitely not. Um, I Look, and I, listeners, um, if, you, if you listened to this when it first came out, I apologise for the four-year delay uh, wow. in picking up from that. Well, three years, I guess. We, we really, well, it's close to four years. It's yeah, a bunch of years. George R.R. R. Martins. Well, <laughs> look, George R.R. R. Martins getting paid a lot to write those books. Uh, we've had to go pay the bills. And at, le- and at least someone else came along and finished things off for him. That's true. <laughs> well, if we want Series 3 of Night Terrace to hurry up and get to us, uh, keep an eye out on the socials because the Kickstarter campaign either will be about to drop or will be in the middle or have whatever time it whatever timeline you enter this podcast from. Well that's true. That's something's true. have happening happening or has just happened. Yeah, yeah. Just hit hit up nightterrace.com. It'll tell you. It'll tell you. Uh and let's recommend some content to uh help bridge this gap. Well, I mean, first of all, if you want some more night terrace there is already some more Night Terrace. Like, you can listen to our special recorded in front of a live audience episode, Situational Awareness, which is one of my absolute faves of all of Night Terrace. And it's a special 45-minute-ish episode. It's great. And go back and buy Night Terrace and listen to it all again. Can people gift it for people? You can, yeah. Oh, what a great gift idea. Both the platforms we're on, you can buy it for somebody else and send it to them. No problem at I'm all. I'm going to do that. There you go. I have no shame in promoting and oh. telling people where to throw their money. That's all right. So, I'm yeah, so buy it for that. all the nerds I know. And I mean, <laughs> and there's a couple of miniseries there. Actually, there's three by the time this episode comes out. So, there's, there's little extra bits if you want to listen to that. Well, I was reminded in this episode of one of my favorite sci fi programs that oh, yeah. I have kind of forgotten this whole time. Hey, you always said you're only sci fi curious. I know, but I'm really across. Animated land, oh. animation, Futurama. Oh, of course. Was my big gateway drug into the sci-fi world. Yeah. Very fun memories of the first four seasons while I was at university and doing comedy and would come home late at night, crawl into bed and just watch episodes of Futurama. I didn't get up to date with the really new ones though, so I lapsed. Let us know if I should get back, dip back into those. But the episode I was thinking about was The Sting. 
in season four of Futurama where there is an alternate reality. It's a dreamland and well, you think one of the characters has been killed. I won't, you know, spoil it, but you think one of the characters has been killed and then another character is constantly being told to wake up from this dream and you can't tell sort of whose dream it is uh. and it's all to do with being stung by a bee and consuming space honey. <laughs> so it sounds very Futurama. There's a lot of layers and it gave me the vibes of this world that Anastasia's in, in this episode. Yeah, that's great. I mean, look, there are so many, like I say, it is a trope of the genre. It, it's done in so many series, like Buffy did an episode like this, Doctor Who's done one or two. Um, there's, there's heaps of them, but I, I would like to recommend one of my absolute favorites. I love Farscape which is a Australian American co-production sci-fi series where all the aliens are Muppets. Uh, <laughs> literally they're all made by the, well, they're not, they are yeah. actually Muppets, but they are made by the Jim Henson workshop and they're great. It's basically about a, a human being who gets accidentally transported across the other side of the universe and has to deal with all these weird aliens. And there are several episodes like this. Uh, the first one of which is called A Human Reaction from the first series. And John Crichton, the main human character, thinks he's found a wormhole back home. But when he gets back home, not everything's quite how he expects it to be. And there are several other episodes along similar lines. And they're great. They're great fun. Like any of those sorts of episodes, you probably want to watch a couple of other episodes (laughs) to understand who the characters are in their normal setup before you watch the weird one where things have gone strange. I just had a really weird flashback as you were talking to this mini series from the 80s of Alice in Wonderland that was really kitsch and 80s and hokey. Was that the one with all of the big name musicians? Yeah, like Tony Savalas and um, Carol Ringo Starr is the Channing. mock turtle. Is yeah. That the one? Yes. Yeah. And man, I watched the heck out of that because I taped it off the TV and wore my VHS out. And. There is a – in the second part when Alice goes back through the looking glass, she mm. thinks she's home. She's like, oh, here I am, back home, everything's great. Here I am. And then the Jabberwocky appears and holy moly, that was terrifying. And I don't know where to find that, but I'm going to make it my mission. Oh, I, we'll find it. It's got to be somewhere. We'll get it in the show notes. It's yeah. got to be somewhere. Although you just reminded me of the scene in Labyrinth when oh, she yes. thinks she's gone home. Not for very long, though, because, you know, Muppet walks in. And um, <laughs> it's all about Muppets this episode. <laughs> there's, there's heaps of, yeah. yeah, so many good things. We'll go down to our own wormhole. And we will. We find will. Them all. We won't take you with this on that one. Thanks, Ben. What a journey of Series 2. It's been fun. And look, we're talking like this is over, but we've got one sort of more bonus episode. Oh, and what an episode. Jackie Woodburn. And can I just say, Jackie Woodburn has so much respect. I could tell immediately she has so much respect for all of you at Splendid Chaps Productions. She just is so overflowing in her praise for the writing and all the work that goes behind it and all the thought you guys put into it. It's very, very obvious and, yeah, that's got to be stated and you'll hear her gush a bit more in our bonus episode that's coming up. So keep an eye out and have a little listen to the recent episodes that are still hanging around at bbc.co.uk or iPlayer or BBC Sounds apps. And don't forget, you can always listen to the first episode of Season 1, Moving House, on nightterrace.com for free. So you can always get a taste of the show for free. For zero money. For zero dollars, yes. Nightterrace.com. That's where On the Terrace hangs out as well. If you're looking for more Splendid Chaps content, we do make other things. Our main other thing that's ongoing is the Terry Pratchett Book Club podcast, Pratchett. And those are chunky episodes. So if you've got a big road trip... Get some Pratt chat. We're two years into our six-ish year mission to read and discuss every Terry Pratchett book. 
And I have a podcast about neighbours. It's called Neighbours. Even if you're a lapsed Neighbours viewer, I'm sure there's a way in for you. Neighbourspod.com or your favourite podcast app. Tweet at Night Terrace and you'll see a lot of retweets from some of the other Splendid chaps that have been adding their little tidbits. Oh, yeah. Well worth reading some of those little secrets from behind the scenes. And thanks to everyone who's provided their contributions off the Terrace. Petra Elliott, David Ashton, John Richards, Lee Zechariah in spirit. Leave us a review, Apple Podcasts. Keep an eye out for the Kickstarter campaign and throw some beans this way to figure out what the heck's going on with Sue. Yeah, I mean, you could you could end up in an episode, you know. I want that. Tell, actually, me, tell me what tier that is. It's called the Night Visitor tier. Want it. And I actually, it. I got to say this last episode, but my mum got one of those. <laughs> and when, when Horatio Gray calls up the pizza delivery place... Oh. That's my mum at the other end. Is her name Lee? Yeah. Because that at the end, there was a credit for Lee McKenzie. Yeah, because we credit every actor. It doesn't matter if you got in because you paid for a cameo line. It's important to us that we, we credit you. Yeah. Everyone who did that, they took it real seriously. They did their best work. Even people who would, had never been actors mm-hmm. before, they just they nailed it. Yeah, because you could never tell. They were just a part of the fabric of the show. Yeah, perfect. Thanks, Ben. Thanks for having me do this. Oh, it's been a pleasure, Bea. We'll check in another time, but enjoy your cup of tea on the terrace. Thanks. You've been listening to On the Terrace. Or have you? A Splendor Chaps production. Find more entertainment for your ears at splendorchaps.com. <laughs>